0: Join us, friends. Great Scott Spot Guy. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost Spot Guy? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right. It is the Spot Guy, and it is not Trey. Trey is actually out filming on location and is unable to attend. So, in this edition, of season two of Witwam, Wishing Cotton Was a Monkey. By the way, we're not Wishing Cotton Was a Monkey, but we know that there are a lot of people that are. I've got my good friend, Rick Cross. We're gonna bring Rick in. Hello, Rick. What's up, Spock guy? And uh, this is a good friend of mine, Rick Cross. He has a YouTube channel called The Elvis Workshop. And I wanted to, to say this straight out. Rick is very, very, very knowledgeable in the Elvis story, but not just Elvis, you're knowledgeable with records and that kind of stuff. And his expertise in the Elvis story is much different than my expertise. And what I mean by that is I'm I'm more of a, a story seeker. I go out and find places and tell stories about a particular event or something of that nature as a general rule, where you know that part of the story, but you also know about collectibles, records, books, all those kinds of things. You have a, a real expertise in that. In fact, I will give you all an example. Um, I was in uh, Michigan, actually. And you happened to be in Michigan at the same time. By the way, your team just won the national championship.
1: And I went to the Rose Bowl. By the way, the term I use for you is location specialist.
0: <laughs> that's right. I'm a location <laughs> specialist. That's, that's good. Thank you. You can keep uh, that <laughs> We happened to be there in Ann Arbor. And you were there. Weekend by pure chance. That's right. Uh, Just happened to be there at the same time. I met up with you, and we told you something we had just filmed. And when you went, by the way, on the Moody Blue album, this song, which was what song, was recorded at Chrysler, Chrysler Arena, Unchained Melody. Yeah, that's right. So the version that is on the Moody Blue record was, and I call it Chrysler because I know somebody named Chris. (laughs) Last that's their last name. That's how they pronounce it. But you spell it. You pronounce it's, it Chrysler.
1: Yeah, it's Chrysler Arena. So it, I, I believe it was um, March or April twenty fourth, seventy seven. I think April, maybe. I it can you can look it up. But the the concert was recorded at the Chrysler Arena in Ann Arbor, which is the building right next door to what they call the Big House, which is where Michigan plays football. And it was released as the track uh, "Unchained Melody" on the
0: Moody Blue album, for sure. Right. And you
1: had just been in that area.
0: We had just been inside that that arena. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually, I've put those videos out and I even flew the drone over the big house while I was there and, uh, got all that, all those shots, but we ran into you and you were like, Hey man, that just happened right there. So I added that of course, to, to my video, because I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't run into you, because that's not something that I know about. Sure. You know, I don't know about that aspect. And you've done that for me several times on several different videos where you go, Hey, You know, in this particular thing, you need to know that this happened that's on that record or here or there. So you've done that for me a lot, and I appreciate it. That is accurate. (laughs) Yeah, that's fact. (laughs) Location specialist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we want to talk about a couple of things. First, we want to make sure everybody knows that you have a YouTube channel called The Elvis Workshop. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing that now for a little while. How long?
1: Yeah, so... So years ago, probably 10, 10 or so years ago, I had a very, very uh, simple setup where I basically held a product in one hand and filmed the other, you know, the, the, with the other hand. And I had, and the videos are still on my YouTube channel. Um, and, and I would write a look inside, dot, 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 and then whatever the product was. Like this was one of them that was in my channel. So yeah. on the look inside, I showed this book And I just basically flip through the book and just show a bunch of pictures and say, hey, you know, uh, just try to bring people's attention to this. Like this is the Marvin Israel book. He's like Alfred Wertheimer, but a lot of people don't know about Mm -hmm. him. So I wanted to bring people's attention to them to this book because it's worth checking out. And I make nothing off of it. I don't I I just do it for fun. You know, I don't monetize it or anything. But there's a lot of people that aren't even aware of that book. So it was, it was very organically created. I just, I thought, man, this book is cool. and People should know about it. So I put a look inside dot, dot, dot. And then whatever the product, here, this CD, this, it, and that, and then it, it, I didn't do it for a couple of years. And then this is what actually started the Elvis Workshop more than anything was, oh my gosh, this is heavy. This box set right here, uh, when I got this, the, that's the way it is, big deluxe box set, mm-hmm. I sat in the chair here and I put up uh, the camera just in front of me and I just did an unboxing of it. And I got like 350 views over basically just sitting in a chair unwrapping something. And I had so many people say, oh, my gosh, I, I love that. I thought that was great. Can you do another one? Can you Do you have this book? Can you Do you have this CD? Do you have this album? And that's how it started. And then I was at Home Depot one day, which is odd, but it's part of the story. I was at Home Depot walking around, and I saw this workbench. And I thought, man, I love that. It looks rugged and sturdy, and, and it, it's a good work table. And I thought, I'm going to buy that. So I bought it, and I put it in this room where all this memorabilia is, and it's a workshop bench. And I thought, man, if I'm going to start a YouTube channel, because I got such good feedback from That's the Way It Is, I should brand myself. And so I thought, man, I love these these, these newsboy hats, and I thought, it's kind of like a workman in a in a shop. Mm-hmm. So I've got work workbench, and I've got the newsboy hat, and I thought, I'm going to brand myself. So I called it the Elvis Workshop. And then I do all kinds of things. Like, this was the one of the most recent ones I did. Like, I got the new... Um. Uh, now in person box set and basically what the channel is there's no opinion really it's just my opinion of what i think of the latest release and i try to make it interesting and keep people um captivated and, and i talk about my perspective and sometimes i have a personal attachment to something like the the in-person box set there's friends of mine that were in there that worked with elvis that i knew for decades and and so when i flip through it i look at it a little differently than the common fans so what i try to do is tether these things together when i tell a story so i'll give my opinion of a new product if if there's an issue with it i mean like that on tour box set had a, def- a defective cd so i talk about that and then i talk about my own personal experiences that may be tied to a certain project and man I've had excellent um uh responses to it so it continues to this day so that that's how the channel started it was purely by accident I did the the look inside videos years ago then it went kind of went away and then I just did a review an opening of the that's the way it is box uh, and it's grown into this beast and I've had several guests and I've done on location shoots and you know and it's I, I purely do it for fun I I buy all my own product I don't get things sent to me say hey will you say something good about this and I'll give you a CD it's not like that I buy all my own stuff, and then I just give an honest. Uh, uh, I give honest feedback on it, and I try to twist in stories that kind of matter to me personally, and I get great feedback from
0: it. That is cool stuff. And you were, uh, I'm going to say the word good friends, but I'm going to say best friends with Dick Grobe, Elvis's head of security. Dick met Elvis in Palm Springs, and went on to be with Elvis, and even after the end of his life, he stayed at Graceland. After Elvis, up till what, 79, I think. Yes, correct. And so you were good friends. I would even argue best friends. I mean, whenever I would talk to Dick, he would always talk about you, or a lot of times you were always around whenever that happened. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: So, yeah, I knew Dick for right at 20 years. He passed away coming up on three years ago. Um, And uh, so I met him here locally in Las Vegas He was a judge at a at a show and uh for an an Elvis contest and I met him there and just said hello to him and about two months later there was another show and I went up to him again and said, Hey, you know, I I met you at that other show a couple months ago. I just wanted to say hi again. And he said, Oh, you live here then? I said, Yeah, I live here. And during the intermission, he, he came over to me and he said, Hey, I have a question for you. My wife works for a, a, a hand doctor. Like they do surgery on hands and and therapy. And, and he said, we've got a bunch of equipment. They're moving to a new location. We, we've got a bunch of equipment. We'd like to move from one space to another. Would you be willing to help me? And I've, I i could not think of a shorter word than yes. So I just said yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I went and, and did the work with him. And we were together for about seven hours that day. And I thought, wow, the whole time I was just being a fanboy, asking him, he just peppering him with questions, you know? And uh, we went out to dinner a couple times, and 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 he he just said to me just blatantly one day he said, you know what, if I ever wanted to just you know go out to dinner or something like that and called you, would you would you be okay? Would you go? And I was I was just dumbfounded by that. I said, yeah, absolutely. And so he would he would just call me out of the blue, or he'd call me and say, hey man, I'm getting a new sprinkler control valve in the garage, and can you come over and help me with it? And the friendship just developed. And the best thing about that friendship over the 20 years I knew him, is that the first five or six months or so, whenever I'd see him, I'd end up invariably asking him a bunch of stupid, silly fanboy questions about Elvis. And then in in the 19 and a half years after that, we would spend seven or eight hours together, and the word Elvis would never even come up. We just became really, really good friends. And he was a genuinely good friend to me. We would travel together. We went to Denmark together. Uh, we went to Palm Springs together. We would travel all over the place. And he would get upset if I went somewhere and I didn't invite him. And anytime he went anywhere, he would always call me and say, I'm going here. You want to go? And I and um, I'll tell you the one time he got upset with me, and this this shows our true friendship. He got upset with me once in 20 years. Is uh, we were at Applebee's and he always paid every time we went out. And people love to talk all kinds of smack about him, but they didn't know him. I knew him. He was yeah. my friend. And I'm gonna tell you, this is what happened. So we go to Applebee's and he always paid. He always paid. And it kind of made me feel guilty like I was mooching off him, even though I wasn't. But he always paid. Even if there were 10 of us, he always paid. Always. And I went to the wait. I told him, hey, I'm going to go to the restroom. I'll be back. I went to the waitress. I gave her my card. I said, here, would you run my card, please? Because he always pays. So I'm going to pay this time. She goes, yeah, no problem. She ran my card. I came back and she had brought the receipt to the to the table. And he was livid. And he was. it was the only time he was ever mad at me in 20 years. Wow. And he said, "Let me let me explain something to you so you understand. If you invite me out, then you can pay. If I invite you out, unless I say I'm paying, don't ever do that again. He was pissed off about it. And that's the man that I knew. Wow. That was Dick Grove to me. So people can talk all kinds of trash about him all they want. They didn't know him. I did.
0: And I didn't get lucky enough to know him like you did, but I did spend some time with Dick. And and uh, his wife and, and me and my wife, we went out to eat a couple of times. And he was always a very nice man to me, always genuine uh always uh i i feel like honest you know he was just a good guy and uh he had that gruff exterior when you would see him it was like oh you know but <laughs> if you really knew him he was a really nice man he was not,
1: nothing but a great friend to me ever he never did me wrong never crossed me never re, never um never betrayed me nothing he was always a great friend and i I have great memories of him and i I miss him terribly actually by pure chance because i had company from out of town today i went and visited his grave today so i i miss him i think about him all the time and i sure wish he was still here
0: yeah good good guy and uh i was uh just uh, amazed the very first time i ran into him you've seen the video where i I was (laughs) i was right there when you yeah.
1: walked out the back of the building. Yeah, he I was, sure I was. Right yeah, and he I was saw him. I didn't
0: recognize him, and when I walked by, I saw that TCB, you and I asked him about it. like this. Yeah, and I kind of went. Yeah. Oh, I was standing right there. I went, "It's real," and then he told me who he was. Yes, it was a very
1: nice, nice TCB, and he said, "Yeah, that's nice, and it's real too." And you went. <laughs> and you said it's real. You said where do you get it? And he said Elvis gave it to me. He said you did. He did. Who are you? He said, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I was standing right. And there.
0: He would bring that video up to me a lot. <laughs> you know, every time I would see him, he go, "Man, I just I'd love going back and watching that video, the way that happened. He just loved the way that unfolded." There, there's another video too. A friend of mine
1: in in Germany filmed him, and and he uh, Ed Banja was coming to an event, and Sam Thompson was there. And they hadn't all seen each other in a while, so it was kind of like a reunion of friends. And they, and they this friend of mine said, hey, do you mind if I film this when Ed shows up? And they said, no, we're friends. It's a private private moment. Just give us a few minutes, and then you can film afterwards. Well, he filmed anyway. <clears throat> and and Ed Bonje comes up, and they're hugging each other. And Dick turns around and kind of does a double take. And he sees the guy standing there filming him. And he takes a cigarette and flips it right at him. And it was a dead mark. It hit right. It, and <laughs> you can see the cigarette coming just like that. And it hit right on the lens of the camera. And Dick was not happy at the time. But years later, he laughed about it. And actually, he got that video sent to him. And he thought it was one of the funniest things he'd ever seen. But he's hugging Ed. And he turns around. And he just flicks a cigarette. And it goes about 10 feet. And it hits right on the lens of the camera. Wow. shot shot. I've <laughs> seen the video. It's funny. It's hilarious. He was not happy that night. But later, he thought it was very funny.
0: That's That's good stuff. Yes. That is good stuff. And uh, you actually made available to me, and you've uh, helped me a lot with several different videos, making places available. In fact, you're the guy that told me, "Hey, you go over to the Hilton, to the old Hilton, the Westgate now, the old International. Usually, the doors open. Yeah, if you just go. That door be unlocked. You just uh, don't don't ask anybody. Just go." <laughs> and uh and so I've done that <laughs> multiple times. And uh and I did that because of you. And of course, then you went with me yeah. and we went over and uh and filmed, and then you also introduced me to Stump, yeah. which played with the Sweet Inspirations, the drummer for Sweet Inspirations. And the very yeah. first time I came to your house, you invited me to a party. Yeah. Uh me and my wife came, and also uh Dave the insurance guy and his wife came. Yeah, and we went, and you introduced me to Sandy Miller, Sandy with an I. Yes, and I got my first interview with Sandy Miller at your house.
1: Yeah, in the chair right behind this camera, right.
0: That's exactly right. In that room that you're in, in the right there. there. So yeah. let me
1: tell you the story about Stump real quick, because some people watching this might go, "Who are you talking about?" I don't know what you're talking about, and and I was that same person. So again, I, I keep saying tw- the the word twenty. Uh, Dick's been passed about three years now coming up on three years. So I knew him 20 years, but that's 23 years ago. So I've known, I've known stump for, so I moved to Las Vegas, August 20th, 1997, and I met stump probably in 99 or 2000. So I've known him about 25 years now. So people say stump, what are you talking about stump? So, so I used to work for the cable company here in town and I go to do a service call in this home and it was a single elder, elderly woman, And she had this beautiful ranch-style home, and inside were, if you think of, like, like, uh, beautiful paintings, but these are prints, obviously copies, like a Monet and a Picasso. And this whole house was covered, and it It sounds tacky, but it actually wasn't. It was was from ceiling to the floor, on every available space of wall were all these beautifully framed prints of these classic art paintings. Right smack in the middle of it was April 1972, Elvis, from Elvis on Tour made no sense at all. It was cool, though. It was big. It was huge. But it made no sense. It didn't fit the theme at all. And so I learned a long long time ago that during these kind of service calls, that if you just talk about something to somebody, you'll get a great story back. And sometimes they'll even give you stuff. Excuse me. So the goal for me was to get that photo, that painting from her. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I said, I said, okay, your cable's fixed. But I have a question before you before I leave. Where did you get that? picture of elvis tell me the story behind it because it doesn't make any sense to your motif here she said oh uh, colonel parker gave that to me i said whoa colonel parker gave that to you she said yeah my husband used to drum for elvis and colonel gave me that i said wow you knew uh, you were married to ronnie Tut?" and she goes no i said oh i'm so sorry you were married to dj fontana she said no i thought okay this lady's cuckoo for cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> so i said well Elvis only had really two drummers other than studio drummers. Who are you talking about? She said, well, Stump. I said, Stump? I've never heard anybody, names, anybody named Stump. What are you talking about? She said, well, Elvis had his band, but he had another band. He had an opening band. And this was the drummer for the Sweet Inspirations. The Sweet Inspirations had their own band. When the Sweet Inspirations were brought on to play with Elvis, they said, hey, we have a band. And, and Elvis's management said, well, we don't need another band. We're not paying another band. We just need you singers. And they said, well, when we're not with Elvis, we need a gig, too. We need to go out and do our own shows. When we're not with Elvis, we can't just let our band go. So they came to an agreement that they would pay a lump sum to the Sweet Inspirations, and the Sweet Inspirations would pay their band out of that total. Well, that's Stump. He was the drummer for the Sweet Inspirations. What ended up happening is they were incorporated into the Elvis Presley concert show. So the show would start, a comedian would come out, and then the the Sweet uh, the, the Stamps or the uh, Imperials would come out, whoever was with Elvis at the time. Then the Sweet Inspirations would come out. There'd be a short intermission, and then Elvis would come out with the TCB band. But all that other stuff that I just told you would be backed by the Sweet Inspirations band. And Stump was the drummer for that. And he was there for every show from 69 to 77. He missed one show. He had a German Shepherd dog that he came home, and the dog jumped up on him like this with a paw and hit him in the eye and damaged his eye. And he had to go. He had to miss a single show. Other than that, he was there for every show Elvis did from 69 to 77. The interesting part of that is that there were three shows that Elvis was not uh, that uh, El, uh, Elvis's drummer right. was not available, Ronnie Tut. Um, and uh, and Stump, with no rehearsal, stepped in and played behind Elvis. And there are recordings and video of this. And he's a very, very dear friend of mine as well. And he lives here in town too. So that's yes, you came to a party here and I introduced you to Stump. And he's he's just awesome. I talked to him just yesterday on the phone. Great, guy.
0: awesome, been very nice to me. And I wanted to mention. There is one other drummer that played 1970, Bob Lanning. He played almost well, 75 right. shows right. in sure. seven, just yeah, well, for people were, that were, are listening. Yeah, I
1: mean, there were others. There was Bob Lanning at the very end in '77, and there were studio musicians like uh, um Blaine, Hal Blaine. There, there were other drummers, but I'm talking when I was talking to her, I was thinking like mainstream regular the, drummer, the main
0: drummer, right?
1: Yeah, and when she said, "No, not Ronnie Tut, not DJ Fontana," I thought, "Oh, this lady's out of her mind." By the way, I never yeah. did. I never did get the picture. (laughs) I didn't get. I didn't get. But you, but
0: you got introduced to Stump though. Yes,
1: I got introduced to Stump, and since then, him and I have actually been all over the world together. We've been to Denmark twice. Uh, We've been to London. We've been we've been all over the United States. He won't travel without me. He's seventy nine years old now, and you know he doesn't see that well, and he's not super confident on his own. He doesn't. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to be traveling alone. So if he goes somewhere, he goes with me. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm the only one he trusts. In fact, he won't even leave his house really, except to go out and go grocery shopping and things, but he'll come over here anytime I ask him to. And, and, uh, we have a special friendship.
0: He's a great guy. I talk to him all the time. Like I said, I just spoke to him yesterday. And, uh, and just as a side note, friends. Uh, when the Elvis movie came out, the one that I'm not a big fan of. We all went. I went with you and Sandy Miller and Stump and Trey. All of us went and watched the movie together in Las yes. Vegas. Yes, and then there was a scene in the hallway after the movie. <laughs> it was. We all went out and kind of went, what the heck was that? What in the hell is going on right here? <laughs> yeah. What so in the world
1: like- just happened? So let me back up real quick. So I want to get away from going to, I don't want to just keep talking about my channel, but I want to say something exciting, um, that I think is exciting. So I always try to come up with good content. I want to talk about your channel in a minute, but I, I just wanted to close on mine real quick. Um, cause the time just goes, um, what I love is I search for um, hidden treasures all the time. I go to antique stores, I go to record stores, I go to swap meets, I travel around to different places, like I go to LA all the time, and San Diego and Phoenix, and anytime time I'm in any of those cities, I always Google map, and where's the record stores, and where's the antique stores and stuff, and so I'm always looking for content for my channel, and what I like to do is, I'm not like an instructor, teacher, anything like that, I learn new stuff all the time. But what i like to do is find stuff one that i want for my own personal collection but to find stuff to share with other fans so they know what to look for and and what to be on the hunt for so i found something today i know you know about this but i want to show this to me this is important this is part of the birth of rock and roll this is a 78 of rocket 88 by jackie Brenston and his delta cats and this was recorded by sam phillips at the memphis recording service in 1951 and I'm not going to go into the long story about it right now until time, but that is part of what birthed rock and roll and the Sun Records label. That, that is a huge part of Sun Records. Yes, it has a chess label on it, but it was recorded at the building at 706 Union Avenue, which would later become Sun Records. And that specific song was very pivotal in rock and roll becoming what it is with the, with the damaged guitar amp. And being a successful number one hit on the R&B charts through the Chess label, and it made Sam think, "Wow, man, I'm losing out on all this money. I'm, I'm getting studio time, and then it ends, but I'm not getting any residuals." So that song, "Rocket 88," was pivotal in be- being, or making what we have now as Sun Records and rock and roll. And I just picked that up today by pure chance. I've been looking for that literally for decades. I found it today. They're very rare. Yeah, they're very. It's rarer mm-hmm. than a Sun record. So I wanted to share that with your viewers today. So these are the kinds of things I look for to cover, to show content for my channel and also for my own personal collection. So that is not to flip. That's for me. I'm keeping that one. But I will have a video talking about the importance of that on my channel, the Elvis workshop. So check it out. Um, but I also, Billy, I spoke with you before the video. Did Ike, Ike Turner play on that record? Ike Turner, well, they, yeah, I, yes. So what happened was Ike Turner. Um, he played
0: piano at some. He played at, at piano, you're right. Right, yeah. and
1: and this and a few they were in there to record a few songs. I don't know how many, but Ike did not have any interest in this song, and he didn't want to have anything to do with it. But yes, he played piano on it, which, by the way, the piano is fantastic on this recording. Yes, but he didn't want to play on it. He didn't want to sing on it. He was supposed to play piano and sing, and he wanted nothing to do with the song. Well, he had a guy in his band named Jackie Brenston, and he was a a known bad alcoholic, and but he was a saxophone player in the band, and he could sing. And Ike wanted nothing to do with this song. His attention was on other songs, and he wanted to record the other stuff. He wanted to get to it. so he wanted to, But they had to record a certain number of sides. They were, they were required to record a certain number of sides. So they said, oh, okay, I'll tell you what. You, Jackie, you record that song so we can just get that one done, and then we'll record the other stuff. So they recorded Rocket 88 with Jackie Brenston, the saxophone player, on vocals, and Ike thought it was a dud of a song. It turned out to be lightning in a bottle and helped create rock and roll and it became a monster hit it was a number one hit on the r&b chart this is what a d-bag ike turner was later after the song was a monster hit when they would perform live he would not let jackie perform the song live in concert he was jealous so it was a huge hit and they wouldn't play it jackie was not allowed to play the song so that's the kind of content that i have so let's talk about your content a little bit i talked to you before we started and one of my favorite videos that you did is the Come On Everybody filming location at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Culver City. Yes. And this is what I want to say. Yes, I've tipped you out. I tipped you to a lot of locations and facts about, hey, this happened here, and this is why you need to go look for this. And when you go in this building, you need to turn right go down this hallway. That's what you're looking for. But I have always wondered where the Come On Everybody was recorded. And you were the one that brought that to light. Now, since you brought that out, I have seen probably 10 other social media videos about it and pictures from other friends of mine that have found it you were the first one because just much like yourself a lot of people thought it was filmed here in las vegas
0: and they say and that they still they, say that. right
1: and so in it, what it turns out is they got a little piece of wood and they wrote university of nevada at las vegas and hung it on the wall <laughs> and right. then they filmed in culver city and <laughs> and then so everybody thought well, was the building remodeled was it demolished we can't find this location and then when you finally found it, it was such a time capsule. And I have to tell you what happened with my own personal experience there. But it was from you finding it because I would have never found it. So watching your video, I found the location and I went there. Now, it's a kind of a community center thing and a church on the weekends and all this. So I have found that when I go there, the doors are open. Mm-hmm. Every time I've been there, the doors have been open. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to just go in there and get tossed out, right? So I went around to the backside and walked into their little office area and there was a, a glass wall there and there were two people working behind it. And I said, hey, I just would like to ask if it's okay if I go into the gymnasium and just take some photos and videos. And they were they, you know, dumbfounded. Well, why would you wanna go into the gym and take photos? So I pulled up the video on YouTube of Elvis in there. And as you know, cause you've been in there it looks almost exactly identical. Right. Yeah. They've repainted the walls a different color but basically the plumbing is all the same on the walls and all this stuff. And I showed the little girl, I held the phone like up against the glass like this, like face against the glass and she watched it and you could see her jaw just drop open. She had no clue that Elvis had been in there. And the ironic thing is, or the interesting thing, not ironic, is it's literally across the street from the studio or where the they were. Video, yeah. So that tells you where they found the, the location for the shoot is they said, man, we need a gymnasium to do this. Oh, there's that gym right across the street. Let's see if we can film there. That had to be how it went. So when I showed her the video, There was a young man back there and her, maybe late teens or early 20s. They were both completely floored. They had no clue. And so I showed them the video, and they were stunned by that. Not only how cool the video was, but that Elvis Presley had performed in their gym for a movie. So they said, oh, yeah, go take whatever photos and videos you want. But I I just wanted to, on your channel, thank you for that video. I'm not kissing your booty, but I just wanted to tell you. no, I
0: appreciate that.
1: I love the content when you find things like that or when anybody just finds stuff like that and tips off the other fans, it's just like the stuff I do with this stuff like this Mm -hmm. is just like a lot of people have no clue who Marvin Israel is and have no clue how great these photos are. By the way, they could have chosen a better photo for the cover shot, but this book is just as good as some of the Wertheimer stuff. And most people have no clue about it. So what I like to do on my channel, the Elvis workshop is to share stuff like that, to let people know, and that's the same thing that you do is, hey, mm-hmm. if you're in L.A. and you go to Idlewild, this is what you should look for. Or if you're, mm-hmm. you know, wherever. And and that's what I enjoy is to share that kind of experience with the fans. And we also both deal with this, too, is a lot of people are overseas. Mm-hmm. And they will either never be over here or if they do come over here, it's for a very short vacation or, or holiday. They don't have a lot of time. And we live here. And so we can see these things and, and be able to do the heavy lifting and digging deep. And uh, dig deep and show these people so when they do come over here, they can research their trip better or even know about stuff they wouldn't have known about. Another video, and I'll shut up in a second. Another video you did that was great was was Bill Black's apartment. Yes. Where they had the base.
0: Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Now, I would never take my life into my own hands like that. Oh, that was
0: Scotty's apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Scotty's Scotty's apartment. apartment. Right, and
1: Bill was down the road. Yeah. I would never take my life into my own hands like you did to film that. But to me, it was fascinating to be able to see that. And the, those people let you in was amazing. It was. But just to think about what happened in there is just amazing. And for you to have gone there and filmed it and not only filmed it, but got inside was awesome. So those are two of my favorite videos. That
0: you well, have. I appreciate that. And I'll t- and I'll uh, elaborate a little bit on that video. You know, when I met Scotty and I was spending time with Scotty, he had his book out and we I would sell the book for it. So I, was, I read that's the book, right, Elvis. and um, that's I the read title the, of the book. That's all right, Elvis. That's all right, Elvis. That's right. Yes. And it up, and I got into the book, and I remember in the book he lit he describes that day. It was Sunday afternoon, July the fourth, nineteen fifty four. Uh, he describes that day. He describes how. Elvis looked when he came. He described the layout of the apartment is, mm-hmm. is in his, his wife's reaction. And his wife's reaction, Bobby. And I've <laughs> actually interviewed Bobby. Do you know that? I found Bobby. Oh, very want nice. Her to tell me the story of what happened that day. Yeah, no. I talked to her. And so it was just one of those things where I had that on my mind. That was kind of when I started making these videos again, um, where I was going out actively looking for stuff, that was kind of my holy grail. That particular location That's was the thing spot, yeah. that I thought that if I can get that man, I've done it. You know, this is the spot. The problem was is the address changed for that street, mm-hmm. so that made it a little bit hard to find. Um, and what it was originally was Bell's B E L Z, and the Bell's family actually owned the Peabody, and oh. they were really big in real estate in Memphis. So. What you find around town is a lot of streets with the Bell's name in them. So mm. I think there became so many streets with the name Bell's in it, it became confusing. So they changed. Well,
1: think about you have to think about first responders.
0: If the, if they get a call, oh, for yeah, a fire of course, yeah,
1: and they don't know which road to go in.
0: Which so bells?
1: I, I know that is they had an Elvis Presley Court here, and they wanted to do Elvis Presley Boulevard down by the hotel. Yeah, and they bought it because they said if the fire breaks out or something, they're going to be up in North Las Vegas on the wrong street. So that's probably likely the the case there too, is first responders is a big
0: thing. And I may be wrong. I was just thinking about, I may be wrong about the, about the Peabody, but I think that's right. But the other thing that I think that they're tied to is what is that, uh, Goldsmiths department store? Um, there, they were tied to Goldsmiths too. And even to that building still, if you go to where Goldsmiths was, a lot of people don't know in the basement, is a museum that they, it's Bell's museum, but it's, it's a lot of um, it's like oriental stuff Mm -hmm. in this museum. It's very odd, but it's in the basement of the Goldsmith building. And it's, I think it's called Bell's museum. All those things, they were just big in real estate in that town. Although that's not a name that you hear a lot anymore, but they were giant in in Memphis. So it was it, it was quite the t-
1: the task to undertake to find that location. Then
0: it was, and once I found it, the 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 icing on the cake was in the book. It said that it was a quadruplex, which means four units, mm-hmm. and then he actually laid out the the way the the apartment was laid out. You go in, there's a living room. There's a bathroom to the right. There's a hallway. You turn left. You're in the kitchen. You turn left. A bedroom. I mean, it's the way it says it in the book is exactly that room. Mm-hmm. So that is undoubtedly where it happened in that room. That so is- I can imagine. And then I went and found Bobby and got her to tell me. And she said that, that the way he looked scared her because he looked like a hooligan. Yeah, like a thug. You know? yeah. And uh, she let him in the house. She said Scotty had forgot he was coming. He was in the the bedroom playing his guitar. And she walked in there and said, Scotty, that guy's here. And he said, who? She said, that guy that you told to come today at lunchtime. Oh. So she said she left him with Scotty and she she went went down down to Bill's house and stayed about an hour and a half and told Bill. Bill walked back up and she stayed with Evelyn about an hour and a half. And then they walked back up and sat on the couch and listened to Elvis. And, of course, all the windows are open. The front door is open. And she said neighbors had come over. And we're can you imagine that day? And mm. why is there not a reenactment for that in a movie? Mm. And that's that, the perfect scene. Yeah, that's that's cool the beginning of it all. And, it it and there was one minor thing that I got wrong in that video, you know, where I'm talking about the bass there. I did not know that there was a second double bass. So the, uh, the very original recordings from the very beginning the Sun recordings, almost all of them are a different double bass, a different stand-up bass. Okay. The one that Paul McCartney has, Bill started making money and was able to buy a nicer bass, so that's the one Paul has. The road bass. Okay. Right. So there's one out there that's the original that's mm-hmm. in between those two, and um, somebody wow. told me that, that somebody called them. I think it was... You know, I can't remember who it was. I talked to him not too long ago. It may have been Stan Perkins. Told me that a guy called him and said, hey, I have the first, I have Bill's first bait. Wow. And somehow they didn't follow up or whatever. And then the, that information got lost. And that guy could have died and the family doesn't know. <laughs> but that bait is out there, you know. Well,
1: or, well, hopefully, if nothing else, it still exists. And maybe one day it'll pop up for some reason. Yeah. And someone will know about it. Yeah. You know, uh, another one that you just
0: popped up
1: another one that you did too was the where gladys worked in tupelo yeah the, uh, uh,
0: that's a factory yeah
1: so here's another thing so i've been to tupelo 20 times or so whatever it is never knew about it and i found out about that because of your video and not only have i gone there a few times but i found some great merchandise there in fact i, find, I don't want to mess with the camera angle but I, it's up there on the wall you can see it on my channel i have a a Wertheimer of Elvis laying on the couch reading fan mail and it's autographed by Alfred Wertheimer and I bought it there.
0: Wow. Yeah. So
1: I, I had would never have known about that had I not seen your video. So I think I think the channels are helpful. You know, they they show people and I learn stuff all the time. That That's three examples right there of things I learned from your channel that, yeah. that I otherwise would have not known would not have known about. So that's the that's the, uh, the I love it. I, I just love the that's why I do these things. And I think that's why you do them as well, is yeah. just to show people what's out there and just share, because there's a lot of drama with other things going on in this world. And, and you know, it's nice to just sit down and relax and enjoy yourself and, and just have a little bit of fun and, and just watch something and learn something and enjoy the hobby that, you know, we, we all look at Elvis a different way, but it's we're all here for the same reason. And and uh, right. I, I just love to share things like this that I find out. And again, like I said, I find out new things all the time and I can't wait to share them with people.
0: Yeah. And I'm look, I'm a fan. That's that's the bottom line. I just I want to go see these things. I wanted to go see Scotty's apartment ever since I read about it in the book. I wanted to go <laughs> see that. The only yeah. difference is now I would go see that stuff. Now I take a camera with me. That's the only difference. Yeah. You know, and you're doing the same thing you've been doing. We actually our paths crossed um, at a place on a recent story. I went to the Bahamas and uh-huh. the story of Elvis on the beach, October, 1969, behind the uh, Paradise Island Hotel, you had actually been there. Yeah, beforehand, yeah. So I took a cruise a few years
1: ago and
0: one of the ports was the Bahamas.
1: And I thought, well, I know Elvis went here. It's not that big of a place. I bet I can find where he was at. So before the trip, I did a little research I looked at, I knew about where he stayed and I did some research on that. And I was under the impression that the hotel was no longer there and that the room where the where he sat with the band was no longer there. But I thought, okay, well, he was. this was the location. I thought it had been replaced by the Atlantis Hotel. So I thought, okay, the pictures were taken of him on the beach. That beach where those photos were taken had to be near the Atlantis. So I just used basic common sense. I zoomed in on a, a Google map, and there's a little cove that goes out into the ocean. And I looked at the whole island specifically, though, Right by the hotel, and sure enough, on the Google Map image, you can see it's sticking out into the ocean. I thought, man, that has to be it. So when we ported, I took the little shuttle uh, shuttle boat over across the bay, and and went to the Atlantis. Took a cab, you know, the the van, whatever, and I went over there, got out, walked down this little dirt road in between the hotel and the beach, and walked out onto the beach, and there it was. And yeah. and I took a photo. Uh, and, and so I thought, man, there's Elvis spots all over the world. I've been to all the places in Germany, as you have, yeah. and I've been to his Palm Springs locations, and I've been to Memphis, Memphis. I've been to Tupelo, I've been to New York City, to the places he's performed and hotels he stayed at and all that. And I thought, you know what, there's a lot of Elvis fans that have done all that same stuff, but you know what, the number drops significantly when you add the Bahamas into it. A lot of them have not or That's didn't right. think about it. And so when I went out there, I was so excited to just be standing on a stupid beach going 50 years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. There was another guy standing right here in the same spot. But I know yeah. it's silly, but I find stuff like that to be awesome. And I had a blast unit it. And, and then I came back and I did like a side-by-side photo. of Here's Elvis on the beach. You can see the cove with the trees. Yeah. And there's me right there in the same spot. So it's silly, but you know what? It's a it's a fun hobby, and I, I used to say this all the time, years and years ago, to my family. They would say, "Why? What is with you and all the Elvis stuff?" I said, "Well, it's better than you know being a drug addict or a criminal." I yeah. you know I spent all my time doing silly, goofy Elvis stuff, so leave me alone. Yeah. But I had so much fun going to the Bahamas, and I had so much other fun there—not the Bahamas specifically, but on the cruise. Yeah. But one of the highlights of the trip was just going to the beach and finding what was it yeah. called? A coconut. It's can,
0: cabbage I can, I, beach.
1: Cabbage beach. I can it's never remember, beach, can remember yeah. that. So if you're watching this video, Google Bahamas Cabbage Beach and look at Google Images, you'll see it. That's where Elvis was. And
0: the hotel, by the way, is still there. It is. I was completely
1: wrong, but I did find the spot. It's like a blind squirrel.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, you found the spot. That's the main thing. But it's a very telling picture. When you look at the photo, there's a clump of trees. Mm -hmm. And then you see something behind. And like you Mm -hmm. say, it's got that jut out. And that clump of trees is literally still there. It is. That it little path exactly that you walk through, that path is still right there. It's just a little
1: bit more overgrown, but it looks yeah. exactly the same. you yeah. got a clump of trees, and then the thing juts out into
0: the ocean. It looks exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly. It's amazing. It lines up. With and and it's funny
1: is me and you both had the same experience there. We both talked to the locals on the beach, and none of them had a clue. That's right. <laughs> none of them
0: had a clue. That's right. I talked you, to there people should be there. there you well, know, kind of like at, at the uh, uh, Memorial Auditorium. You go in there. See, I tell you the way Trey and I did the Memorial Auditorium thing. We went up and the door, like you say, the door was unlocked. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that.
1: No, wasn't I, I even
0: say in the video, hey, we may walk up to this door and it's locked. I don't know what's going to happen. We walked in, went in that gymnasium. We didn't encounter one person. We were there for an hour. We didn't encounter <laughs> anybody. We filmed, got all of our shots. And then about the time we're finished with everything and we we start kind of looking around, we people start coming in. And so we didn't go talk to anybody, we just scatted. you know, we yeah. Off. yeah.
1: That is awesome. Well, you know what, that's a favorite because of all the movie songs, that is one of the best. And his performance is just top shelf. I mean, he nails it. And to be able to revisit that spot and go see exactly where it's filmed and it is virtually unchanged other than a fresh painted coat, uh, coat of paint. It is virtually the same as when they filmed there. And that to me is an iconic performance. I, I mean, he, it's just the movements, the, 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 sexuality, the vibe, the song itself. I love the song. Everything about it is so great. And to be able to walk in that room and go, Holy cow, this is right where it
0: yeah. happened. You can immediately see it. They both look like superstars. I mean, they were, you know, even the lines on the gym floor are all still there. It's all identical. The balcony is the
1: same. And, and, and what you pointed out, your, your matching photos is even the back wall where the plumbing is and the electricity, it's all the same, it's Mm -hmm. literally the same. There's maybe one or two little things different here and there, but there's no doubt that that's that's the
0: place. Now, something that that I always found interesting is when they're doing the shot from the stage towards Ann-Margaret, when she's on the floor dancing, behind her, I couldn't figure (laughs) out what that was. Yeah. So it's weird looking. What they did was just uplighted the back just to give it a different texture. Yeah, and so they just put two lights pointing straight up back there, and it took yeah. the bleachers kind of out of the picture. Yeah, it made it look more like something different than what it actually was. Sure, movie, movie magic, movie magic.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah, I love. Thank Find you, thank you very much. Finding those kinds of things. That means we got three minutes left, and of course, we can go. You know, a little while longer. But the um, the fun, and I actually went to UNLV. I don't know if you watched that video. I watched
1: the first video. Yeah, I actually. went in there
0: and walked around that gym, <laughs> it like and an art early. museum
1: thing or whatever. Yeah,
0: and, yeah, they gave me a ticket there. Is that what you're talking about? They well, gave me. a you went in, ticket. And you were
1: like, "I think this ceiling looks the same," and meanwhile, it was none of it was. right. yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> well, you look at it and you go, eh, "I just don't see how this could be that gymnasium." I just don't yeah. see. But they were so convinced. Yeah. That it happened there. And I would even ask him, I was like, you know, did y'all lower the floor? Did you do, is there a place there was a stage? Is there, you know? And um, so I kept looking at it going, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think that this is right.
1: And at the end of the day, literally all they did was hung up a piece of wood that said University of Nevada at Las Vegas. That's right.
0: It, and that's and that's it. it. And look, even <laughs> Anne margaret in a speech, I think she did a speech for UNLV saying her and Elvis oh. filmed that there. Oh, no. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. You see this stuff all the time. They don't... Man, when you're in that little bubble, they don't know where that happened. And their
1: careers are so long and they forget stuff. Listen, I I have to tell you, I was just discussing this the other day about something with somebody. And I said, you know, sometimes I find old pictures of myself and I look and I say, I don't remember being in New York City with that person, but there's the photo. There's the photo. So... Anyway, well, this has been great, man. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate the invite, and uh, sorry Trey wasn't here. I hope I was able to you know, step in as a worthy. Man, I appreciate subject. you doing that. And uh, yeah, please, if you're still watching this, uh, check out my channel, it's called The Elvis Workshop. It's just a lot of fun. It's, I just, I mainly just look at new products or old products and, and just kind of give my spin on it and my take on it. And I try to keep it interesting and, and keep the content fresh. and. And, uh, so thanks for the, 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 uh, pop Billy, uh, to have some of your viewers check my channel out, the Elvis workshop. It's on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Guys, please go check that out. So one more thing, you had something that you were going to sell. You want to show it and tell them I could put your, uh, Oh, you know what? I wasn't I even, even thinking sure about that information. Yeah. One second. He's got something that's pretty rare that he wants to sell. I actually was
1: just talking to Billy about this off before the thing, just in casual conversation, but since you brought it up. So they did a complete master's collection, two of them. And the one that I did, don't have is the one I actually really wanted. But these are, it's it's a full master's collection of all the masters of Elvis's recordings. And this one is from the Franklin Mint. And you can see it's in mint condition and it's a box. Now I'm not here to pitch things and try to sell things, but since you brought it up, I'll talk about, it. I have actually thought about selling this. So it's, it is on the market. Um, if you open it up, hope nothing falls out. It is in mint condition. Has all the titles listed. It has a, a, you can put a Sun 45 there, has a little bumper there. But when you open this up, there's a replica of Sun 209 in here that is playable. It's just not a real one, it's a replica. There's a letter in here signed by Priscilla Presley. So every one of them is autographed by Priscilla herself. And then when you flip this up, it has all the CDs of all the master recordings and they are all unopened. It's never been opened. This thing is, I can't remember how old this is, probably 20 years old or something like this. And it's never been opened. So I wasn't actually coming on the channel to pitch something to sell it. But listen, if somebody out there is interested in this, it goes on eBay for like 750 bucks. I'm looking for maybe around 500. I'm trying to be a little bit more realistic just because that's the price on eBay doesn't mean that's what you can get for it. But the one on eBay is damaged. So the one on eBay that I've seen, I'll show you the right here. This track in between the CDs right here is damaged. Mine is in mint condition. So I'd like to get 500 for it plus shipping. So if anybody's interested in that or looking for it it is the Franklin mint. It has something on the bottom too right here. Yeah. Um, But it's a Franklin mint and all the CDs are unopened. So it's new old stock. Can
0: they uh, email you?
1: Yes, Is they can okay? reach out. Yeah, they can reach me either my email or I have people that message me through the YouTube channel. So if you're not sure, um, you can just message me through that. Um, you can throw my email up on the screen if you want. But if not, just hit me up at the Elvis no, just channel. R C R O F T S seven four at gmail.com. R Croft
0: It's R Croft seventy four at Gmail.
1: And with the an S, R-C-R-O-F-T-S-7-4-at-gmail.com. So if anybody would like that, 500 plus shipping and it's yours. It's unopened. has a Priscilla autograph in it, a Sun record that is unplayed. Never played it. Never played it. So it's, and it's in mint condition.
0: So 500 plus shipping and it's yours. Mint condition. All right. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, Billy. And friends, we'll see y'all next time. Y'all tighten up every chance you get.